Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Okay. Continuing with Perek Tetvav and Masechet Yevamot, Mishnah Hey. Uh, the discussion that we've been uh, dealing with has been uh, a woman who comes back from out of town and claims that her husband has died. Do we believe her? And in what circumstances does she get to Ketubah? So on and so forth. Uh, similar uh, situations, just with slight variants. Mishnah Hay says, Ahat omeret met, ve'ahat omeret lomet. So two co-wives came from overseas. One of them said her husband died. And one of them said, no, he didn't die. The wife that said that he died, she can remarry, collect her ketubah. She's believed to say that her husband died. The co-wife is not able to contradict her. The one who says that the husband didn't die, she cannot remarry and she cannot collect her ketubah because she claims that her husband is still alive. If one co-wife said that he died natural death, and the other one says that he was killed, Rabbi Meir says, Since they are contradicting each other, neither of them can uh, remarry. And, uh, Rabbi Meir holds that a co-wife is believed to contradict her co-wife, um, and therefore, these women contradict each other. One of them must be lying. Neither of them can marry. Since they each admit that he is no longer alive, so what if they contradict each other? The guy is not alive. They all agree. So each woman can remarry according to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Ed Omer met ve'ed Omer lomet. If one witness says a man died, and before the court actually rules that the, the, the woman, the wife can remarry, another witness comes into the court and says, Lomet, he didn't die. Isha omeret met veisha omeret lomet, or similar case, a woman comes and says that he died, and again, before the court rules that she can remarry, another woman says he did not die. In this situation, a wife the wife cannot uh, marry. Um, the, 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 when we said before that one person cannot contradict another one, meaning that she's allowed to remarry, is only after the bed dean has made the ruling. But this Mishnah teaches me that before the bed dean has made the ruling, okay, therefore the second witness is believed to contradict uh, the first one, and therefore the wife cannot remarry. Mishnah Vav. A woman went with her husband to Las Vegas. She came back and she said, my husband died. She can remarry and collect her ketubah. A woman is believed to say that her husband has died. And her co-wife is forbidden to remarry based on this uh, testimony. If the co-wife who did not testify was the daughter of Israel who married to a kohen, she can continue eating teruma. She still, uh, you know, she is technically um, still. She believes that the guy is alive, so she she uh, can eat teruma. This is the the word of Rabbi Tarfon. 
רבי עקיבא אומר, אין זו דרך מוציאתה מידי עבירה. This is not the way to free her from, from possibly sinning. עד שתהיה אסורה להינשא ואסורה מלכור בתרומה. Rather, the only way she can be assured that this woman won't further sin is if she's forbidden to remarry and forbidden to eat תרומה. Uh, so she cannot remarry because her husband might be alive. She can't eat תרומה because her husband might be dead. If a woman went overseas with her husband and her father-in-law, in this case, and she returned and said, my husband died, and then my father-in-law died. She can remarry and collect her ketubah because she's believed to say that her husband died. However, her mother-in-law is forbidden to marry and collect her ketubah because we learned that a mother-in-law cannot remarry based on the daughter-in-law's testimony. Okay, that's not good because there's always strife between the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law. So just because the daughter-in-law said that her father-in-law died, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, that it's true. And therefore, if the mother-in-law was a daughter of a Yisrael who married a Kohen, she can still uh, eat teruma. We don't assume that the father-in-law is dead. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Rabbi Akiva says similarly, This is not the way to free her from the possibility of sin. Rather, the only way we can assure that she is not going to sin, Only if she's forbidden to remarry and also forbidden to eat teruma. Uh, There's still a doubt whether or not the husband is alive or not. Um, and therefore, we have to, uh, she cannot eat teruma because the husband might not be dead. Kidesh achat mechamesh nashim ve'eno yodea ezo kidesh. If someone uh, performed kiddushin, bethroth, that's the, uh, the erusin, the engagement, but he did it with cohabitation, with one of five women, he, but he doesn't know which one he did it with. Okay, there's not sure. Every woman says, it was with me. They had a fun night, and this is what uh, they come back the next morning saying, with me. He has to give a get to each one of these ladies before she can marry another man. Okay, that's, the, that's, the, um, that's what the Mishnah says. Then, when it comes to the ketubah, he places the money of one ketubah in front of all five of them, and therefore he, he's done. He's umisalek. Uh, he, he removes himself from the obligation of paying ketubah. Here's my ketubah for all five of you. One ketubah, you deal among uh, yourself. This is the words of Rabbi Tarfon. Rabbi Akiva Omer, This is not the way to free him from the possibility of sin. Of sin. Which sin is here? The sin of, of geneva, of theft. He will transgress if he doesn't pay the ketubah that he owes, right? He's putting here uh, 200 for the ketubah over five ladies, but if it's really that one, she, you need 200 to that lady, and she's only getting 40 divided by five. So it's not, not good. So therefore, Rabbi Akiva says, no, you have to give 200 zuz to every single one of, uh, of the ladies. He owes a ketubah because he performed kiddushin through cohabitation, that's rabbinically prohibited, and therefore um, uh, he must pay the, the ketubah. Gazal echad mechamishav en yodeam eze gazal. Similar case, although not connected to marriage. Someone stole 
from one of five people. Well, the problem is he doesn't know who he stole from. I know it was one of you, but I just don't remember. I took something from a chair, and I know you guys were there, but I'm not sure. Everybody said, no, you stole from me. This is, uh, you took my, uh, my fancy pen, okay, it belonged to me, so therefore you owe me the money. Um, so what is the Rabbi Tarfon? Rabbi Tarfon, like the previous Mishnah said, you take one pen, you put it back over there in the middle and say, go figure it out yourselves. Okay, I, o- I only stole one pen. Here's the pen. You guys deal with it. This is not the way to free him from sin. Because if this guy ends up with the pen, but you really stole from that guy, then uh, what are you going to do? So therefore, He has to repay the value of the pen to each and every person. Obviously, one guy will get the pen and four others will get whatever the pen costs. Um, to, to each person because he took the, the object unlawfully. A woman went with her husband overseas and her only child was with them. Family trip. Unfortunately, it didn't end well. She comes back and she says, First my husband died and then my son died. Uh, so now, if the husband died first, that means he didn't die childless, and she's exempt from Yibum, right? Because her son was still alive. So it. she's believed, and therefore she doesn't have to perform Yibum or, or Halitza, because she had a child when, when, uh, when she went overseas. Good. Met beni met bali. But if she said, my child died, and then my husband died, which means that the, uh, the, her husband died childless and that now she's bound to, her, to his brother uh, for Yibum, although she is believed that the husband died and in a minute, she's not believed that she is subject uh, to Yibum. She was presumed to be exempt from Yibum um, and therefore she's not believed to testify that that status has changed. So she remains exempt from Yibum. But nevertheless, we're so concerned on the fact that she said this statement, so the Mishnah says she has to perform halitza, but no yibum. Let's do um, one more Mishnah. So a couple went overseas. Actually, let's finish the parrot. They went overseas, husband and wife, and then she says, comes back, says, guess what? I have a child. Right? It was a long trip. And uh, the, she comes back with a child. But then she said, Unfortunately, child died, and then my husband died, which means that uh, her husband died childless, and has to perform Yibum. In this situation, she is believed, because when she went overseas, she was childless, so her status didn't change, so she, she performs Yibum. But if she said, my husband died, First, and then my child died, which means that she would be exempt from Yibum, although she's believed to say that her husband is dead. In a, in a minute, she's not believed to say that she's exempt from Yibum because she's testifying that her status has changed and with that she's not believed to say. Nevertheless, like the previous Mishnah, we are concerned from what she said in her words. She has to perform Halitza and not Yibum. Last Mishnah of the pair. Nitani Yavam Bimdinatayam. If a man with no children or brothers went overseas with his wife, 
and uh, and the wife comes back and says, "Nitani yavam b'mdiyatayam." I was given a yavam when I was overseas, meaning my mother-in-law had a son. The yavam was in my mother-in-law had another son. He's a yavam. Amra and she said, "Met bali ve'achakach met yavami." However, my husband died, and then the yavam died, which means she has. Uh, no Yavam and exempt from Yibum. Yevami, or she said, my Yavam died, she's the husband's brother, and then my husband died, also means that she uh, has no Yavam exempt from Yibum. Neemena, she's believed and she can marry anybody. If a woman and her husband and her brother-in-law, the Yavam, went overseas, and she comes back and says, Amra met Bali met Yavami, she says, my husband died and then my Yavam died, which means that she's exempt from Yibum. Yavami ve'achar kach bali, or she said, my Yavam died and my husband died, which also means she's exempt from Yibum. In this situation, she's not believed to say that, her, that the Yavam died. Um, because if a woman is known to have a Yavam when she leaves and goes out of town, she's not believed to say, my Yavam died, so that she can marry without Yibum or, or uh, uh, Halitza. Um, so in this situation, she's she's kind of stuck. She might be uh, she might be an aguna in this in this situation. Often a woman, uh, Mishnah writes, Chachamim uh, uh, right. Often a woman hates the yavam, hates the brother-in-law, and uh, she could be suspected of lying about his death, just to avoid becoming bound to him for yibum. Um, and finally, the parak ends with other people listing other people who are not believed to testify about someone's death. A woman is also not believed to say, my sister died, in order that she can uh, marry her sister's husband, her brother-in-law. A woman is not, uh, not believed to say that. Uh, a man is not believed to say, my brother died, so that he can perform Yibum on the brother's uh, wife. Again, it could be that uh, he just simply, uh, uh, you know, has an affection towards her and just lied in order to be with her. And lastly, meta ishti A man is not believed to say, my wife died in order that he can marry her sister. We know that once a, a, a man is allowed to marry his wife's sister once his wife passes away, but he cannot do that. He cannot, he's not believed to say that. You need proper witnesses for the same, uh, for the same reason. Okay, we'll stop here. We'll continue next week.